0: Hey everyone, Dan Gavazin here. Now, before we get into the show, I wanted to apologize about the audio quality in this episode. I had a bit of a microphone malfunction that I didn't notice until we were finished recording. The episode is still a fun listen, but it isn't up to our usual standards. We'll definitely have this sorted out by the next episode. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show anyway. Hello and welcome to The Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazin, and I'm the founder and editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
1: And I'm Mark Chinacchio, the founder of The Chasing Amazing blog and an editor at Superior Spider Talk.
0: Thanks, everybody, for joining our 21st episode of our coverage of Volume 4 of Amazing Spider Man. Break out the alcohol, Mark.
1: Yeah, this, this, this episode has become an adult.
0: All right. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Can, can we drink? I mean, Peter doesn't drink. So do we hold ourselves to the same ethical standards?
1: Well, I think we already broke that promise on our 100th episode. That's down, true. We so. did.
0: We did drink. When you turn 100, you're allowed to drink.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But but for 21, you know, cuz you know these episodes are going backwards you realize. We went from 100 to 21. Yes. Um but uh anyway, yeah. So in this uh Drinking Age Ready episode of Amazing Spider-Talk, we will be discussing Amazing Spider-Man volume 4 number 21 by Dan Slott, Christos Gage and Giuseppe Camancoli. Uh, then we'll respond to your comments and emails uh, have a few voicemails we got a little bit of spider news and um, uh, some swarms be title reviews sorta with some announcements attached to it
0: All right, very exciting Mark I guess let's go back in time of a sort because all these Amazing Spider-Man issues seem to be flashbacks to discuss Amazing Spider-Man volume 4 number 21 It's not that easy
2: being green, having to spend each day
1: the color of the leaves, when I think it could be nicer being red or yellow or gold or something much more colorful like that. It's not that easy
0: being green, Time to talk about this issue. I've been recapping them recently, so this time I'm throwing it at you. Walk me oh. through what happens in this issue.
1: Um, all right. Well, you know, as 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 briefly as possible because there actually is a ton of plot to, to to go over here, but um we we, we kind of catch up, you know, at last episode, we were talking about where did Cain come from? Well, this episode answers that. Um, we find out that Cain that has been reborn again via the, the web of life and our, our favorite people, the Master Weavers, and, you know, all that mystical crystal stuff from Spider-Verse. Um, however, the other is uh, no longer a part of his uh, genetic makeup or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he he's dying, Dan, he's degenerating because he's got the whole clone degeneration thing. That was part of Kane's backstory, uh, you know, from the 90s when when Howard Mackey and Terry Cavanaugh were working on him. Go listen to that episode uh, for more on that. Um, and um, so we we basically get an, ep- uh, an issue of Kane trying to get to the bottom of uh, what exactly is going on with New You and the the spread of the carry-on virus uh, and how on these other worlds that he's been exploring, uh, New You and Parker Industries have been teaming up. And and because of this team-up, the carry-on virus is inadvertently spreading throughout, starting zombie apocalypses on all these um, alternate Earths. Um, we also uh, get... A little bit of, of background on how Kane and Spider Gwen from Earth sixty five crossed paths, uh, which then more or less brings us to uh, where things ended in Clone Conspiracy Number Two, with uh, Gwen captured in the back of a trunk, which is still just the weirdest thing in the world for me. And um, don't don't
0: forget to mention that they discover like how all this carrying stuff like works out with Peter and Miles Warren. Uh, in their well, lab.
1: What, well, you, you brought it up, so why don't you say it then? Well, yeah, so, so they
0: like break, they go to another universe, and they, Peter and Gwen, and, and they discover Peter and Miles Warren in a lab, as we suspected, teamed up, and the carrion virus breaks out, and then Kane is to fight another Kane for some reason that I'm well, not I, really I, aware of. I,
1: I, I believe I summarized that. I I yeah, I, 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 I didn't so. go into blow-by-blow blow detail, all but right, you know,
0: right,
1: all right. I you know like, come on, this is a synopsis. It's not a it's not a a page-by-page page summary here, right. Dan. Right, not
0: buy the issue, and you'll know exactly what happened.
1: As I say, yes, Parker Parker Industries and New You, you know, team up, and that is what perpetuates the spread of the Carry On virus on these alternate universes, and so now. The, the, the goal for Kane and Spider Gwen is to stop it from happening on uh, Earth six one six, if that's what it's even still called in the post Secret Wars universe, um, and and that's kind of where we where we leave things off. Um,
0: Mark, can I ask so, you a question following up on our last discussion? Sure. Our last discussion, we kind of both expressed that like this whole multiverse stuff was really not what we wanted out of this story. But I think That's with, true. I think with this chapter we've kind of put the nail in the coffin of that. It, it seems as though moving forward we'll only be in the Earth Prime or whatever. Uh and not dealing with all these other destroyed multiverse universe whatevers. Uh does that does that excite you again for the main series that perhaps we won't be dealing with this garbage anymore?
1: Um I don't know because you also can't really officially rule it out just based on some of the plot beats in this issue but I mean I don't know I I I I think that maybe the 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 well has been poisoned a little bit here just because you know this was certainly not a a a hook that I was expecting to see in this story I mean you know we 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 kind of thought we were getting clones part three and it just turned out to be this mishmash of all these other like greatest hits albums that Dan Slott has been trying to put together over the course of his run. Um, And, and I think there's some tonal discord with, with those ideas. So, I mean, do, does it excite me again? Not necessarily. I mean, am I like going to sit there and also, harbor resentment for this story for even going there no but it's just it just to me like it's kind of a red flag to be much more discerning and cynical about this story because it it just seems that the the you know a more appropriate flow of it is we're not going to get that you know we're not going to get a more appropriate flow for this story so it's like okay fine so maybe you course corrected here but what, what are we going to get next? You know, like if we start revisiting Spider Island and we start revisiting ends of the earth and we start revisiting big time, I mean, like, you know, this has to be more than just Dan Slot spiking his own football over and over again. Are we
0: going to get know? the future door showing up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he loves to pay all that stuff off. So, um, wouldn't be shocked. Um, but Dan, I mean, to to the larger point, um, also with with the way this storyline is being structured, I mean, I think we talked about it a bit when we talked about Amazing Spider-Man number 20, how, you know, we, they were kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul in terms of putting the main forward narrative in the Clone Conspiracy series and then doing these like flashbacks that don't necessarily, you know, based on the amount of plot they're giving us, don't necessarily uh, need or require their own issues to, to give it to us. But, I mean, structurally, I, I, this the series is at least consistent right now with how they're kind of going back and forth and back and forth. But consistency aside, does it work for you?
0: I mean, it, it's hard to, like, build momentum and, and really feel the kind of, like, forward thrust of this story when we're spending so much time reading about, you know what happened before, and I think that was a large complaint of ours in in Clone Conspiracy Number Two is it was just kind of like rehashing previous events, and when you've got two other issues so far that are also rehashing previous events, it's really kind of stalled out the launch of this series, and maybe we'll ramp up and we'll get to some serious forward momentum, but. I mean, even just reading this, I, I I dread having a scene where Kane and, and Spider-Gwen tell Peter about this story that we just read. I mean, I, I it's just so much hemming and hawing. Yeah, I, I appreciate the consistency, but, like, I wonder if there was a more natural way to fit this in so it felt like we were just moving forward uh, with all of this stuff. I mean, it's not fun to read a story when you know the outcome— And the story itself isn't that shocking. Like you and I basically guessed every plot beat of this story last episode, and then just read this story, you know?
1: Yeah, I I mean, and that's that's definitely problematic. And and you know, talking about red flags when it comes to these comics. I mean, you know, say what you will about Dan Slott and you know the kind of work he's done over the years, but you know, one thing that he really has never been is predictable, I mean you know, maybe sometimes to a fault, maybe sometimes he should have done what was predictable um you know swerved us for the sake of swerving, but i mean yeah, i mean dan we 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 you know, and this is not me puffing my chest out, but you know we 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 kind of speculated over what this issue was gonna be, beat for beat, and that's what we got, and that's just kind of like. You know, not to be glib, but what am I spending my three ninety nine for if I can just tell you what I know is going to come in the next issue? I mean, it's that's 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 really.
0: It's it's not even that though. It's like it wasn't even ta- it didn't take any grand speculation on our part. Like I think it's all there in right. the context of the previous story.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. I, yeah, I mean, speculation is probably not the right word. It's we read the text, and this was what we gleaned from the text, and. Then that was affirmed, re- reaffirmed in this issue.
0: Yeah, there was, there's a version of this story where this was three panels of the next issue of the clone conspiracy. Yeah, uh, and I think it probably. I mean, I, I don't hate this tale; it was fine. You know, like I think half the issue is just wrote. It's here's a, here's the problem: is half the issue is joyless exposition. Uh, there's no fun being had with it. There's no character, like, development. It's just, like, updating, getting raw updating on how to get from A to B. Uh, And there's, like, I'll get it. There's one or two nice character moments between, like, Gwen and Kane where you feel some warmth to their friendship. But, like, do I want to read an issue about Karn and Kane... Talking to each other and 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 high fiving that they both have K names.
1: Right. Or that, you know, wait, no, I'm not trying to eat you anymore. Didn't you read the last 40 issues of, of Marvel Comics to know that? You know, like because here's what happened in them. Yeah. Um and, and and you know, yeah, you talk about the warmth between Kane and and, and Gwen, but you know, at the same token, um, e- you can mention character moments and not having any, but I also not to be mean, I don't feel that that slot and, you know, by proxy gauge particularly get who these characters are in this story. I mean, it's, 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 you know, they're taking, they're taking characters that were better fleshed out, you know, fleshed out in better ways by other creators and kind of, slotifying them to fit this story, but, you know, so, you know, certain interactions might have some resonance in the context of this story, but when you look at it from the bigger picture of who these people are, I don't know what really makes sense here. You know what I mean? Like, like,
0: there's a lot of name dropping, like a wrestling and things like that, that make you go, Oh, at least they know what happened, but it doesn't read like Kane.
1: You're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like Kane, Kane was even less, less problematic to me than, than Gwen. I mean, Kane, Kane has problems. I'm not saying that, but but Gwen especially. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm reading this version of Spider-Gwen and I'm like, you know, saying to myself, did, did the people writing this even open an issue of Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez series? Because this character has nothing to do with that character.
0: And she even says, face it, Tiger, you need help. Why is she saying Mary Jane's catchphrase?
1: I don't know because she's the drummer in the band that played that song. I, I, I you know, I'm, 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 I'm no prizing it here, Dan.
0: Okay, all right, I'll, I'll buy that mark. <laughs>
1: um, I yeah, I mean no, but that's that. It's it's the, the, the she doesn't speak like that character. I mean, like I, I especially found it like cringeworthy when it was like <clears throat> when she was like prancing around in the in the seventy. 70- 70s era Gwen outfit being like, you know, this isn't my style, but it's kind of groovy, except for these heels. And it's just like,
0: well, that's where they tried to put in like the the modern day Gwen with the like, oh, these heels are just, you know, the patriarchy, you know. Yeah, but like, okay.
1: Yeah, it just, it, it, it fell flat to me because it was like, I don't, you know, this, it really could just be anybody saying, these words i mean that's the thing is these are just words on a page coming out of a character's mouth they have nothing to actually do with the character and I, and that sounds kind of damning but you know, I, if i i have issues you know going back to your original question about the universe hopping and everything i mean like to me i will just say outright i i i think spider gwen's involvement in this story ruins it for me not because i dislike spider gwen i like spider gwen quite a lot that's the thing it's like you know uh, there's nothing more 90s than the fact that spider gwen was kind of like shoehorned into this story because i feel like she's really got nothing to do with this um you know it's not like she has yes i know gwen stacy is has always been a player in in the various clone stories but like I don't know. Spider Gwen is, is her own thing right now. And like, probably should just be left alone. I, I I don't quite get, you know, outside of the fact like, Oh, well she's popular and the kids like her. Let's put her in there. I mean, we're already dealing with like tie-ins with Silk. It's like, no, granted Silk isn't in this book at least, but you know, now her book is a clone conspiracy tie-in and it's like, why does everything have to get sucked into this? Like it's, it's, you know, are we
0: building to a maximum carnage here.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, with that
0: villain spread from the previous issue, we're like, we are approaching the same level of who is that as maximum yeah. carnage. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so I mean that's I, I I don't know I mean do you do you do you feel as strongly as I do about Gwen's involvement here? I, no, I, I, I
0: mean I, just... I agree. She has never been involved in the clone world, so like why bring in an, you know an outsider? Like keep it keep it small and focused and on everybody who is typically involved in the clone world.
1: Yeah, I mean Kane, I get Miles Warren. Um, you know, but yeah, Even this Dr. Just...
0: Octopus, because ultimate Dr. Octopus is behind the clone saga in that universe.
1: Right. And, and, and Doc Ock was killed by Kane during the original clone saga yeah. too. So there's, there, there there's, there's linkage, there's lineage there. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, yeah, it just, it just seems very, like I said, nineties to me, like, like, <laughs> you know. Hey, let's make a super team with Ghost Rider, Punisher, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man. Why would we do that? Because it would sell, damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is one of the most 90s issues I've ever read. It's like Carrion, Clones, the New Warriors, and...
1: Yeah, I forgot all about that series. I forgot that they redid that series a few years ago.
0: Yeah, they did, yeah. I like I mean, the kind it, of weird lip service they give to it. It's like, "Oh, remember they were in Spider-Verse kind of
1: Remember when they this was around for like 7 issues in 2013?
0: These people aren't dead."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what what did happen to Raskly and all of them? I I I don't remember.
0: Uh they they all died of something called cancellation.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's quite it's quite the disease.
0: <laughs> yeah. Never to be heard from again. Uh, you know, it's hard to talk about this issue because I feel like we've kind of already talked about it last episode because there's really not that much new to discuss here.
1: Well, yeah, but we should mention um, the, the horrible degenerative disease that Kane is going through right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. Well, you know, uh, I, I, Common Coley, you know, he really, he, by the end of the issue, Kane looks awful. I mean, he's got this really ragged beard and his skin looks like it's falling apart. But my favorite unintentionally hilarious moment in this is when he says to Gwen, you don't want to look like me. And he pulls his mask off and he just looks totally normal
1: yeah like a pale pale shade of green i
0: mean it's like super pale like yeah i would never have noticed it unless it had been pointed out to me
1: yeah i mean i didn't i don't think i laughed the way you did but i definitely like did like a triple take of what what am i what am i looking what what is this what's going on but alas
0: oh my goodness what what Um, what did you think of uh of the actual battle with kane versus kane I mean, it was
1: fun. I, I, I mean, but, you know, again, like, I don't know, what's what's Monster Kane doing in that scenario? Because wouldn't Monster Kane be, you know, he wasn't really at Warren, Miles Warren's side during the original Clone Saga. He kind of broke off to hunt Ben Riley down. So it just, you know, cool visual, but not necessarily a sensible one, right?
0: Yeah. I just want to know what he's doing there. Like, yeah, he doesn't like to, by his measure, he doesn't like Peter Parker or miles Warren. Why would no. he be hanging around?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I know he was hanging around as what tarantula in spider Island, but yeah. again, that was, he was under control, right? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah, the, he was. Yeah. Um, now, now here's something, And, you know, I don't mean to be dense here, but like I did find it odd that in all of these different timelines, basically like the same thing kept happening regarding New You and Parker Industries. I mean, isn't that kind of like part of the allure of the multiverse is that, you know, these are all different timelines and different events happen in different sequences, which therefore, is, therefore, therefore makes things dramatically different from each other. I mean, what are we under the like, I I mean, like, what is this like, like, a bunch of different worlds where, where the same exact thing played out the same exact way. I mean, that's, Like, again, it's, it's, I mean, you can no prize it or whatever, but it's also just, what's the joy in that? Like, like, it's just, it's just, it's just plot, it's plot device. That's all it is. You
0: could, you could solve that by giving us something fun. Like, I would love to see a Carrion version of Leopardon. Yeah. Why not?
1: Go for it. Yeah. Um, Well, no, but, but, but seriously, like, like, isn't that the whole point of them? I mean, like, you know, then at one point where it's like, Cain says to Gwen, oh, aren't you worried about your world? She's like, oh, don't worry. Peter Parker's dead on my world. So this can't possibly happen this way. Yeah. 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 Like that's like, like doesn't, that's not what the multiverse is. <laughs> <laughs> well, my
0: bigger issue is here's Karn. The minute that Kane bursts out of his other body, which was at the end of spider verse, which was, you know, what? 25 issues ago. Yeah. And this guy has just been sitting on this knowledge. like, you know what? Let's not tell Peter Parker about this because it'll create drama or whatever. Like, well, why doesn't
1: anybody tell Peter Parker anything in this comic? Like, like, I love, I like, and we talked about this last episode. But like, when when Kane and Gwen are like, maybe we should tell Peter about this. Nah, let's figure it out ourselves first. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what are you? This that is like you're not even trying that's that's terrible (laughs) like come on seriously like i shouldn't even be having to have this conversation in 2016
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean but but it it, it cuts to the core of this is that there's no character-based drama or conflict in this it's all manufactured conflict like based on nothing like this whole thing could be solved by just shooting Peter a text that says, hey, new you is bad stuff. Don't get mixed up with them. And then you'd right. be like, why? And then you send him a picture of a bunch of carrion zombies. This is why. You know, like, what?
1: Yeah. I I, I, I mean, you know, beyond the point that I, I, I still don't understand, I mean— where the part of the premise of the storyline that, that Peter is going to quote unquote, you know, get into bed with new you. Like, I don't know. is taking a major leap of faith about who this character is too, because I don't know, like regardless of Peter's guilt. And I know that Dan Slott loves to play up Peter's guilt and that makes him do stupid things. But like, you know, seeing all these dead people and stuff, like I just don't see him as someone to be like, yeah, this is normal. We should do work with these people. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. Like, it just, it's that I, I still haven't been sold on that element, which is probably the key element of the whole story, which is like, why is there conflict in the first place? Like, I'm just like, you know, they're, they're, they're serving it up on a silver platter for me. And I'm just going, nah, that wouldn't happen.
0: <laughs> but I mean, like the whole thing could be avoided by just not having Kane and spider Gwen in this. Like if, it played out like Spider Island where Peter suddenly discovered, you know, like Jerry, right? His former, you know, employee whose body he found floating in that tank, you know, in that really creepy visual. You know, he goes, what's going on here? And he opens a door in New You or whatever and discovers a bunch of carrion monsters just like he discovered people were turning into giant spiders. You know, then you've got like drama that plays out in the moment, but you've got these two characters that know everything and are really going to be the proactive ones and are still just for no reason refusing to tell Peter about it. It's like, why include it then? Why even, you know, just for the sake of, you know, closing up a couple of loopholes.
1: Because I want to.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's like, I mean, but it, I mean, not to mention that like, the idea of the mass population turning into monsters, we've done that before. Yeah. Haven't
1: we? Which we yeah. We've said that last time, too. Yeah. I mean, its we did that in Spider Island. We did that in The Lizard Story. We'll probably do it again. <laughs> um, besides... The the cane not easy being green, which really isn't Camo's fault, that's a colorist issue. But uh, what did yeah. you think of Camo's work here?
0: I thought it was fine. Um, you know, I actually thought the first few pages in that flashback where we saw the events of Spider Island, uh or not Spider Island, Spider Verse rather, I thought I thought those were really like beautiful to look at. Uh, you know, at least the coloring and the kind of faded muted colors. And I think I kind of realized that I think Kamo works best when he's, like, lightly inked. He's not – he's got more colors to fill in his thin pencils because, like, Mm. the rest of the issue is a lot of, like, deep, rich blacks. And I find, like, his stuff becomes really flat. The space becomes really compressed. Um, But those colors in the beginning, I was like, this is how his work should be complemented. I don't know. Do you feel the same way or am I –
1: no, I think it's a I think that's a good analysis. I mean, I always think back to, you know, some of my favorite work that Camo did, um, both during like Goblin Nation, but also like I, I always think back to that that spread with um during Superior with Mary Jane kind of walking, you know, strutting down the street yeah. and stuff. And it was kind kinda like a light, airy, it wasn't an overdone um it wasn't overdone in terms of you know pencils and inks and everything like that and i think yeah that's 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 where he thrives that's where there's some life to it when 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 he gets you know heavily inked it, it yeah it just kind of becomes flat and that's when you get like Aunt May who you know, looking like a carry-on monster in that one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right, right. (laughs) Kane should have taken his mask off and looked like Aunt May. (laughs) (laughs) Look what you've done. I look like my aunt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like then I would have like, damn somebody get this guy a doctor. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean so it was fine. I liked his interpretation of nineties Kane. I thought that was kind of fun and um yeah, I mean, I, I, and it was nice to see Kane kind of slowly fall apart issue by issue. Although that that beard caught me off guard. It came out of nowhere. I wish I could grow a beard that fast.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like, um, didn't didn't Peter rock the beard in uh, Spider-Man Wolverine, Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine?
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, a good I, look for him.
1: Yeah. I, you know pretty it's impressive i impressive beard
0: <laughs>
1: i can't grow a beard dan i it just comes in like like scraggly and peach fuzzy on me so
0: i'm lucky that i can because being bald i've got to kind of like have hair somewhere you know so
1: right you understood gotta, you,
0: you gotta love know, balance you gotta ride the balance
1: <laughs> well we could always just turn you upside down and make your chin your head you know yeah, what i mean like
0: yeah 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 i think i've played with that before it didn't work right. out
1: what's your grade dan
0: i'm giving this one a c minus just like last week
1: yeah i'm doing the same here c minus i guess i I guess i should stay state it clearly so as not to confuse c minus c minus
0: all right let's talk about let's (laughs) talk about your comments and emails shall we we should okay
1: You, as as you know, because you're the guy who runs the show here, uh, you can always email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com or tweet at us on the Twitter by hashtagging okay to print um, leaving us comments on our iTunes Stitcher and Google Play accounts, uh, and of course, leaving us voicemails at 9 Red Goblin, which is what we got this week. We got three of them, Dan.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we asked for people's theories about the man in red, uh, and we've got a bunch of them, and they are
2: wild.
1: All right, well, this first one's from Kyle, so let's hear what Kyle's got to say.
2: Hey, guys, it's Kyle Kreis. I uh, love all the theories about who the man in red is. My one problem with... The Norman Osborn theory is, weren't there teasers uh, in the first arc of Volume 4 that actually showed Norman Osborn trying to make this this, 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 African warlords? He was bandaged in the face wearing the green and purple motif at the same time that the man in red was recruiting the lizard and the rhino. So could it be one and the same, or were they teasing another norman story down the line maybe when zodiac saw a year into the future was there any teases there i can't remember if we saw that scene keep it up and i'll talk to you soon
1: it's a good point about norman there dan
0: yeah you know what actually i am gonna rescind my norman you want to know why
1: well because he just they refer to him as miles in this episode in this issue
0: they they do and uh a, a, uh, an eagle-eyed listener to this show sent me a some leaked artwork, which I will include in the podcast here, that I had not seen um, of an issue from August of next year. They already have the cover painted of Norman Osborn with a machine gun uh, firing at Peter Parker, and it says, like, the end of Parker Industries... And, uh, it's like the image looks like the spectacular Spider-Man magazine cover. Yeah. Um, just with Norman without a mask and a machine gun. Uh,
1: sounds, sounds great.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's an Alex Ross cover. So like, yeah, it, I probably, it
1: probably looks, it, uh, it, I should rephrase that. It probably looks great, but you know,
0: yeah. I mean, we'll
1: kind of,
0: we'll see. It sounds like the African warlord thing.
1: All right. Well,
0: so I'm, rescind- I'm rescinding Norman Osborne and saying, Ron, friends, that was a really nice visual motif, but you really threw me off.
1: God damn it, Ron, friends. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you would appreciate that. We'll have to send Joey the elbow after him.
0: There we go. So, Kyle, thanks for that. I think you're right. It is not Norman Osborne. And consider me 100% wrong, In- unless I end up being right, which I don't think I will now.
1: Yeah, don't 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 be like some people who put like you know ninety eight percent odds on certain things of of, of importance. Um, well, I think
0: this is a far more important thing uh, than the thing you're alluding to.
1: The consequences are far more dire. Okay, mysterious voicemail. That's that's what this is being listed as. I'm 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 reading the notes, people. So let's see what's I don't so know mysterious. Who this
0: One is from. That's why.
1: All right. All right. Well, let's hear it.
2: Hey guys, I have an idea who the man in red might be. We know that he is young. We know that he has a thing for clones and the ability to uh continue that work. And we know that uh that he wants to do good. So my suggestion is is that the original Miles Warren, after making a clone of Gwen Stacy, uh well, she has a history of uh making babies with uh Spider Man villains, so the red, the man in red is the child of Miles Warren in a Gwen Stacy clone, and he's trying to clean up his father's image. And the only reason why he has a Gwen Stacy clone hanging around him is because it reminds him of his mom. It might be, right? It's as good as a guess as any. Keep up the good work, guys. Love the podcast.
0: It is as good a guess as any.
1: I would say, I mean... I I I don't hate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sins past the we're gonna touch all
1: the third rails here. Oh boy, yeah, that no, but it's not. Uh, well, you know, outside of the, you know the fact that it's Gwen siring more child children of, with villains, it's not. I don't think it's all, totally off the wall. It's certainly it's certainly in terms of where things are lately in the world of Spider Man. Like you said, good as gas as any. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's listen to our final voicemail from Elliot.
1: Yeah, he's back. Elliot's friend by, hasn't hooked me up with those annual issues yet, though. No? I'm a little despondent about that.
0: You know, sometimes you might have to actually earn the annuals yourself, Mark.
1: Well, I I was going to earn it by spending money on them, but, you know, I, I you know, he was like, hey, what issues are you missing? I'm like, well I have the I have all the issues. <laughs> Let's be clear here. Oh,
0: oh, oh, Well that's why he's not responding because he's on my side.
1: But you know, to to put some certain people at ease, mainly Dan and Zeke, um because Zeke is as bad as you are in terms of <laughs> harassing me about it, mind you. Um yeah, I I I I mentioned to Elliot's friend who who apparently is a is a deals in comics. I'm like, oh well, you know, if you came across the annuals that I'm missing that are, are actually count, like annual one and annual three, which are really at this point the only ones that aren't reprints that I don't own. Um,
0: you gotta own just, the reprints. You gotta own the reprints.
1: Yeah, because you know I really need to own that Hulk story from. 119 and 120 again and spend <laughs> 40 bucks on it um but um haven't heard anything back so elliot we're playing your voicemail but talk to your friend get me my annuals so this guy can shut up okay
0: this is the longest guilt trip uh, ever let's listen to this thing
2: Hey Amazing Spider Talk, it's Elliot, the Clone Saga apologist again, uh, with some continuity reminders. So there was talk in the most, uh, recent Clone Conspiracy Number One episode that Miles Warren is smart enough to never, uh, or to understand that they'd never have a relationship with Gwen Stacy. Uh, but in the Clone Saga, the 90s Clone Saga, he did have a relationship with Gwen Stacy, or at least the Miles Warren clone Warren Miles had a relationship with Gwen Stacy. Uh, the, uh, sorry, not Gwen Stacy, but the Gwen Stacy clone. So a clone of Gwen Stacy and a clone of Miles Warren um, uh, were in a relationship for a long period of time in the 90s. Uh, so I guess it is possible. Also, um, a continuity error, I, I, I think, with that retcon of Gwen Stacy realizing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man uh, at the end of Clone Conspiracy Number One, in the 90s Clone Saga, there is a moment where the Gwen clone, the main Gwen clone, uh, discovers that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and she flips her lid, basically the same way she does at the end of, uh, Clone Conspiracy Number One, saying, You're the man who killed my father! And then getting really upset about it. Um, so, uh, I, 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 that, that's definitely a contradiction. And lastly, uh, just a, a note, um, Since past, where Norman uh, Osborn has a relationship with Gwen Stacy, obviously I'm not a big fan of that story. I don't think any or most people are fans of that story, Uh, but I don't like the idea of somebody just ignoring continuity. I mean, that's what many writers are guilty of with the 90s Clone Saga. Uh, It's a big story, and I think another writer can take that content and either at, at least touch on it or turn it into something better. Uh, and I think it would be a good reason if Norman Osborn is the man in red for him to hide his face uh, if he has purposes for Gwen uh, to hide that he was the person who was intimate with her in the past. Anyway, uh, obviously writers don't need to be, to be slaves to continuity, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, so keep up the good work. Thanks for listening. So long.
1: So we've got, like, two people bringing up Sins past in the span of one episode, Dan. Is that a record?
0: <laughs> yeah, it might, it might be.
1: Said, do we need to do Sins past for an essential?
0: I think we're going to have to talk about it at some point. Uh, right. Well, let's take about this one, one thing at a time. Uh, Warren Miles, I had totally forgotten about the existence of this character.
1: Yeah, well, that's, you know, and this is coming from someone who has reread the Clone Saga a few times recently and spent what, about an hour and a half on the phone with two of its writers? But yeah, I I missed that one.
0: Yeah, so good deep dive there. Um, The second one about that uh, inconsistency, another thing I didn't remember, but that makes a lot of sense, but I think the way to no-pride your way out of that is that these clones in this version retain their memories to the moment of their death, whereas the ones in the original Clone Saga... He had to, like, inject memories into them. Uh, so it's it's not the same thing, even though it seems very similar. Is yeah, that right? no, but
1: No, you're right. And that's, to me, you would totally win a no prize for that.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't think I have to win a no prize. I think that's, like, actually what the basis of the stories are. Yeah. Um, and then about Sin's past and and people building on it, what do you think about that, Mark? Like, do you think you know, it's, it's fine for people to ignore this continuity because it's so despised.
1: Well, it's, it's not even that. Mm. Well, here's the thing. For one, I think this is all moot anyway, because I don't think the man in red is Norman Osborn. Yeah. So, so I guess that's the thing. It's like, when would you even build on sin's past unless you would have some kind of interaction with Norman Osborn and Gwen and, and when would you ha- have that outside of like a clone story and, and where it's not the same thing anyway? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like, so.
0: But what what um, do you, what do you think about it in general? Like, do you think it's okay for like a universally reviled story to be forgotten? And kind of written out of continuity, or do you think it's better for people to kind of build on what was there, even if it's hated?
1: Well, no. I mean, I think we've over history have seen plenty of reviled stories get built upon. I mean, one more day, the the clone saga itself, at its time, was at one point was considered untouchable yeah. in a bad way. Um I think. I think the issue with sins past is, you know, kind of in in the sphere of where things were are are and at the time, I mean there's there's nothing there's nothing to build on from it. I mean, you know, they 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 tried to do something with Gabrielle, Gabriel Gabrielle and um the other Stacy twin. I forget uh, the name too. Yeah. Not Gwen. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Looks like Gwen but not Gwen.
1: And but then that got pushed aside um you know and then they kind of tried to play with gabriel again in american son but i don't know I, I i i just don't know what there's to build upon there i mean yeah i don't think you can completely just because you don't like how a story was received as a as an editor, editor or creator i don't think that you can completely um wash it from existence when a when it would be appropriate to reference it, but like when, when's it appropriate? I mean, yeah, if it turns out that Norman Osborne's the man in red and he's operating with the real Gwen Stacy, you know, who's been revived through new you and they don't touch upon that, then that's a, I, that could be a missed opportunity. It's just weird. It's like, you know, then, then did Sin's past happen or no. Um, but. I'm still
0: caught up in that line from, you know, uh, the first clone conspiracy issue where he says, like, I don't want a relationship with you. I want, like, a partnership with you. And to me, that seemed like a very Norman Osborne thing to say. But maybe it's a reformed Miles Warren. I guess the, I, let's 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 address this now. Are we done speculating about who the man in red is?
1: I'm done speculating until I'm given reason to speculate again.
0: Yeah, because it seems so clearly that it's just Miles Warren in a face mask.
1: Like, like I said, I mean, you know, I, I, I still wish that if there truly is no there there, I truly wish, I really do wish that we would just see his face. But, you know. I think we might be overreading that, and maybe we're not seeing his faces for far more benign reasons, or maybe not benign reasons. But there's a mystery to it, but not the mystery we think is there.
0: Yeah, uh, that's fair. And then like, there, there's like, the whole, there's the whole half the internet that thinks it's Peter Parker or Ben Riley under there, and and I mean that's valid too, I guess. But yeah, I just don't have the energy to invest in guessing in this stuff because they're not throwing us anything worth chewing on.
1: No. I mean, the only thing that they threw us was the aforementioned Ron friends panel. You know, you know, the, the, how we played with those two panels in the first clones conspiracy. Um, that was to me, the only tangible clue that there might've been something there because there hasn't been anything else. Not no, nothing. Yeah. I mean, we got more during the the, the Goblin Mason Banks thing. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's there and we're just not seeing it, but it certainly doesn't seem to be that way. Right.
1: Well, anyway, Elliot, thank you for your thoughts, uh, and thanks, as always, for calling in. Uh, we don't have a ton of spider news, Dan, but there is one item we want to get to, so why don't we cue the music for that.
2: Feet, just my like guys here comes the Spider-Man.
0: All right mark spider news you wanted to talk about this so i'm gonna let you broach this this subject
1: oh boy i don't know God. that i want to
0: touch this one but go for it it's not You're the kind making... of thing we typically talk
1: about well no i i don't okay for for one i don't think this is that scandalous so um i don't know if you know who of our listeners are out on Twitter a lot, but um, you know, I I'll have to say that earlier today when we're recording this on um, what's it Thursday the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on to Twitter and I was like, oh, I haven't seen anything from Dan Slot in a while, and you know, I knew we were going to be talking about this issue to you know issue twenty one tonight, so I was like, oh, let me see what he's saying on Twitter about it, and I went to go. Search on Dan Slot, and you know, first I thought it was weird that his profile didn't come up. And, and Dan, I gotta be honest with you, when I did that, the first thing I thought was, did he block me? Yeah, like, I, I thought after, the same thing. Like after all these years, did I finally get blocked <laughs> for not, you know, even though I've never antagonized him or anything, but like people have always joked me, like, oh, when is he gonna block you? Um, And then um, I did a little, some more searching, and a couple of sites were reporting on it that. Dan Slot quit Twitter, which is kind of like amazing to me because you know you got to keep in mind that Dan Slot. I mean, you know, for better or for worse, Dan Slot kind of has like emblemized that idea of creator access on social media for for years now. I mean, you know, it he, 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 it became famous when. You know, during Amazing Spider-Man 700, I mean, he received death threats on Twitter. I mean, that was where this whole, like, you know, Dan Slot will block you if you harass something came from. And again, I've never harassed him. I do want to be clear about that. Um, I just say negative things about his comics on our website and on our podcast, but that's called criticism. <laughs> um,
0: Not how well. you do it, Mark.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, just I'm, kidding. I, I'm snarky, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like to me, it, it, I, I'm I'm quite shocked by it because, I mean, you know, I guess my attitude is and I know that, you know, Dan Slott talks about more than just comics on Twitter. He talks about um, movies and politics and stuff. And certainly in the in the latter in politics, there's been some very intense things going on the last few weeks and maybe that is what was the 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 breaking point but you know as someone who's kind of stuck it out in the face of all this and and has kind of you know embraced this personality of this combative personality on social media to see him quit i i'm i'm very surprised by it i mean does it come as any surprise to you
0: uh a little bit i'm mostly just kind of like I think my response when you first told me about this was good for him, you know, mm-hmm. like, because he just like, like what he's saying or not, it just seems like he's constantly, you know, caught up in arguing with people on that platform, whether it's bleeding cool and, and whether I agree with him or not. But like, I mean, I, I, I dream of leaving social media, although my career is mostly run on social media you know i i don't think it'll hurt dan slots career to leave social media uh he's pretty established at this point like i just kind of want it i want to tell him like hey man you're free now like free up that part of your mind you know genie uh, you're free
1: what genie you're free yeah
0: yeah yeah you, you don't have to grant our third wish uh no but um i don't know i mean yeah, I agree with you, but I I mean I would see him on there all the time and I, and I would interact with him and I enjoyed interacting with him on there. But I I I just don't know how much good it does, you know, to be so forward facing. But I mean, it's his, I mean it's his right. That's why I don't really like talking about this is because I feel like like I'm being his nanny. Like he should be able to do whatever the hell he wants and express whatever opinion he wants regardless of how I feel about it.
1: But, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. But. But. But putting that aside, I mean, putting the controversial stuff aside, I mean, like I. I. You know, back when he was a little more responsive to me, um, you know, I, I. I found Dan to be a resource on Twitter. I mean, like if I was, you know, I could pepper him with a question about something that he either worked on or that I knew he knew about, and he would occasionally get back to me, um, and. And like I said, like, I mean, in addition to the negative stuff, I mean, he did kind of emblemize this idea of, of creator accessibility on social media and, and, you know, you you do got to wonder, I mean, you know, you joke about it and I've joked about it too, that, you know, like, oh man, if I could just give up social media, but my, my, my career kind of depends on it in a lot of ways, but like, you know, if, if, you know, when, when Twitter, started becoming big, you know, seven, eight years ago, you know, all these celebrities and, you know, in terms of comic book world, these creators, you know, it was kind of like breaking down these these barriers between them and fans and and whether it always netted positive results or not, it, it didn't seem to matter. It was like, yeah, but it's there and you should probably be doing it. If someone like Dan Slott can just delete, delete his account and and walk away from it, I mean, do others follow suit that, and, 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 you know, I don't know, like to me that would, then, then what does, then what does social media become if, if more and more of these people just kind of get fed up with the negativity and, and walk away because, you know, it it does kind of create a cesspool for those of us who are still trying to make something useful out of this platform, do you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes even further beyond someone like Dan Sly. I think Twitter has a problem in general in terms of, you know, uh, harassment and, and and ugly language, you know. Um, and Twitter is not alone, you know. Fe- although Facebook has a certain barrier that you actually have to friend someone to really interact with them in most cases. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've bl- you and I blocked someone a couple of weeks ago uh and uh we've experienced some ugliness uh i mean not to the level of Dan Slot i don't know i mean i expect he'll be back in a couple weeks you know uh i i don't I, I for a guy who used it as frequently as he did i just can't imagine someone going cold turkey um but uh yeah i i, I don't know i mean it's funny cuz I, I just wanted to congratulate him and say like hey you freed up that part of your brain. Go work on your comics and don't worry about what people like you or I say about them, you know, like Right. Yeah, just go be be yourself and ignore ignore us, you know. Uh, and
1: and Lord knows his taskmasters at Marvel have made made it clear like that, that there are times that they prefer you not be tweeting.
0: Yeah, who was it, Tom Brevoort, that was just like yeah, stop tweeting or something?
1: Or he's like less tweeting, more writing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting to, to look at it from that historical kind of perspective of, in terms of access, it kind of became the new stand soapbox. You know, you could really follow these guys and find out what they thought.
1: Yeah. Well. You know, again, I'm not trying to invade his privacy, and you know, now certainly if he ever does come back, I'll definitely get blocked for bringing this up. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I all the same, like, I mean, I, I yeah, you know, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of what slot did on Twitter, and and even the stuff that I didn't enjoy, I, I would get a laugh out of it even, you know, (laughs) whether I'd be (laughs) laughing at him or with him. It just, I think it depended, but you know what I mean? Like I, I I was entertained by it and, and I never engaged in the ugly, I wouldn't engage with the ugliness with anyone on social media. So it's like, you know, I guess I'm just a little disappointed that, that, you know, it took probably somebody else to ruin it for everyone else, you know, like that's all. And I just, I, I would hate to see others start kind of following his lead and, and, and leaving us with just each other to harass on Twitter.
0: I wish I could take the kind of complacent attitude that you did. I would get into the middle of the fights between him and Rich Johnson uh, to the point that they were tweeting at me and including me in them. Yeah, uh, okay. Because I was like, can't you see that you're both coming at this a little hot? <laughs> like, why <laughs> don't we cool down? And the voice of reason was, uh, was uh, I don't know if it was appreciated or not, but it was certainly included. So... I don't know. I wish everybody could just kind of tone it down like 20 degrees, you know, uh, yeah. so we could all enjoy these platforms. But oh,
1: there, we oh. go. there we go. So speaking of platforms, Dan, why don't we talk about our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club? <laughs>
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks again for listening to our podcast, The Amazing Spider Talk, Mark and I's weekly passionate look into the world of Spider-Man. For those of you who don't know, we have a Patreon page called the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. It's through your support that we keep the show continuing, and the club is our way of giving you even more awesome content alongside our podcast and fan site. If you decide to become a member of the club, you'll gain access to weekly free digital comics and get all kinds of awesome goodies in the mail, including T-shirts, mugs, bumper stickers, rare Spider-Man comics, and much, much more. On today's show, we have one new member to the club that we'd like to thank. That member is Nick Harrison. So thanks again, Nick, for helping to keep our show going. Remember that we're running a competition to all of our members to win a hardcover copy of The Death of Gene DeWolf, Signed by none other than Peter David himself. So be sure to sign up for our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club on the front page of superiorspidertalk.com to be considered to win. Thanks again for all our continuing patrons, and now back to the show.
2: reanimated A reanimated, Nazi skeleton. A reanimated Nazi skeleton. While he's covered in bees need titles while he's covered in bees Actually, he's permanently covered in bees Actually, he's permanently covered in bees He's coming for this podcast, he's coming for you He's coming for this podcast, he's coming for you It's time for Swarm's bee title Reviews It's time for
1: Swarm's bee title Reviews Say i I, your old friend, Swarm You thought you got rid of me last week, didn't you?
0: Well, I mean, you were tweeting at us about it, so I, I certainly couldn't ignore it. Uh, uh, I saw that you got a Twitter account yourself.
1: Yes, I tweet, I tweet. I go, drain the hive, hashtag. I have a hive mind to, to tweet with, with all you other peons, uh, but I hear that uh, you don't want to use me as much going forward. What is this nonsense?
0: I don't know anything about this. Well, uh, where did you hear about this from? Did Mark say something about this? Mark, is this your idea?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me explain. Sorry, Swarm, and and, and don't sting me. But um, yeah, Dan and I. Um, uh, well, no. Well, Dan, Dan, I have been thinking of uh, some maybe new potential formats for Swarm's B tile reviews. You know, as I opened up my subscription box from my local comic book shop the other day and got like another six B books in it. Uh, it's getting a little overwhelming, and I think like some of the more important b books that are coming out or just the 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 more buzzworthy ones sorry swarm don't don 't hurt me for that uh are kind of getting lost in the shuffle so um going forward what we're going to do is yeah, you know, when there when there are new B books launching, like Renew Your Vows, for example, um, we'll we'll talk about the new number one issue, and then you know, in addition to that, uh, Dan and I are going to uh, champion a book of the week, so to speak. We'll we'll each pick our own book um, that we we feel needs to be talked about for for reasons good and bad. I think I I you know I don't want to make it sound like we're only going to be echo chambering and talking about good things if we think that you know, a book is really slipping after being good or, you know, that, you know, a book really needs a new creative team or whatever, we, we'll talk about that too. But I, I think we, it, just to keep things more focused, wouldn't you say, Dan?
0: I think it's just to kind of move us away from the kind of slavish format that we had been in. And like a lot of these books were saying the same things week in and week out. And and now we can actually kind of have a little more depth if we want to on, on a particular title. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... When we started this segment you know, we, with Flash, we, uh, we thought it would be like a B-book or two. And now that Spider-Man is half of Marvel's line, it's just a lot to keep up with all the time. And we're still going to read everything, but I think we're going to give you more value in terms of really talking about the books that we want you to read and giving you better reasons to read them. Does that, does that sound right?
1: That is change I can believe in And
0: <laughs> well, now you're adopting nearly everybody's mantras here.
1: What is the difference between a hockey mom and a beehive?
0: I, I don't know Swarm.
1: A beehive will sting you stupid.
0: <laughs> okay, all right so uh, uh, Mark, I, you know last episode you you weren't on we talked I talked to Kane about. Renew your vows, number one, and we both kind of gushed on it. So I, I, I thought perhaps we take this time to kind of feel see how you feel about that book. What, what did you think about Renew Your Vows, number one?
1: Yeah, I mean, am I am I on the clock? <laughs> no, no,
0: take, say whatever you want.
1: <laughs> right, right, I mean, but but still, for the sake of brevity, um, I I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, a, I, I was also kind of waiting for like another gear to kick in on that story. I mean, it was a very quiet opening issue which I think was by design and I enjoyed it a lot um but you know the, certainly the intimacy of the characters I mean it's it, there was a lot of love for these characters in that comic both in the in the dialogue and then how they were illustrated um which given what we know about the creators makes sense to me but um but like that that gear that was missing does that did that ring familiar to you, Dan? I mean, am I? Am I? It was like I just kept kind of waiting for the the punch at Chewy, you know, like and it, and it it never went into that next gear.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the normie Osborne stuff is certainly tantalizing, um, but yeah, for me, it was like Mole Man is not really. He did not like move me. Like I, there was the 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 hook of the issue was like not enough to really. You know, keep me super excited i mean i i i yes, I'm worried about Annie's well well to do and I loved it enough to you know be excited to keep reading, but yeah, I'm waiting for there to be you know because it's not like canon necessarily like I'm waiting for there to be that like high level idea that's really makes me go, oh, I get what this story is really gonna be tackling. Other than just the adventures of the spider family, which would be enough for me. But I think to put it up in that, like, rarefied territory, I need to know, like, what it's actually going to be about. Like, Spider Gwen is an alternate story, but it's about, like, toxic masculinity and police, you know, brutality and uh, kind of, like, young hipster culture. Like, I know where that sits. I'm I'm waiting to see, like, what where this one is. Like what what makes it unique,
1: yeah, I mean, and I think the fact that both Jerry Conway and ryan segment are are so talented that even without that hook, I was still in i was still intrigued by this comic, but um but you know maybe you put some other creators on it, like I mean, you know, we talked about it last episode, like that the the new prowler series, which was i felt missing a hook too, but it didn't have the strength of its creative team to kind of push it through anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it, it to me that just, it does bear watching. I mean, I also, I mean, not to be cynical, but, you know, we, we had talked about um months before this series came out, you know, with this kind of like overshadow the main spider books and, and, you know, part of me wonders if, it was kind of meant to be very neutral and toned down, so as not to do that. I don't know. I mean, is that?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's because I mean, certainly, like when when it was its own miniseries, it, it it did feel a little more in your face. I mean, you know, you had Peter killing Venom in that story to protect his family and stuff like that. Like there were like real stakes attached, and so far we don't know what those stakes are outside of, you know, everyone is kind of becoming familiar and with their powers and someone can make a mistake, but, but, you know, like that, that kind of is, is cribbing what we saw a decade earlier with Tom DeFalco's spider girl. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, which was, uh, which is enjoyable. So it's not, you know, this is not meant as like, a uh, you know, a dismissal of the series, but, It is interesting to me. So, I mean, I would, I, you know, in, in, in for our old format, I would still call this buzzworthy, uh, but, um, you know, like I, I, I wanted to love it more than I did. So,
0: yeah, I'm waiting for there to be like, kind of like the high level thematic, um, uh, I guess conflict for the family, um, uh, like in, in the original one, it was that nobody could show their powers and they have a daughter whose powers are starting to develop, you know? So that's the kind of conflict. Like if it's just a team of superhero family that goes out and, you know, fights monsters, that'll be fine. But like, I feel like there needs to be some pushback. I'm hoping that it's the normie Osborne thing. That is that, even if that is kind of like an idea we saw play out in spider girl. Yeah um but yeah
1: so good stuff um you know we'll, we'll we'll bear watching that and obviously as the series comes along i'm sure one of us will will want to talk about it during this segment so um but now we don't have to do it every single time <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well uh i think that's the end of the show uh mark you ready to go home with this thing
1: Yeah, let's take it home, buddy.
0: All right. Of course, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please be sure to leave us a
1: review. Yeah, additionally, be sure to check out our brother podcast, The Ultimate Spin, if you want to keep up with the adventures of Miles Morales and Spider Gwen Stacy. Dan, next week... Uh, we're going to be taking uh, the week off for so we can uh, hang out with our families and stuff, hopefully have some benign, apolitical conversations around the turkey table. Right. <laughs> I,
0: yeah,
1: I, I, yeah. I, I, I've been seeing that that that's a storyline that's been showing up in a lot of a lot of media is, oh, what to do about Thanksgiving dinner table talk it's like oh man
0: <laughs> i didn't want to have to think about that why do they put these elections so close to thanksgiving
1: i don't know dan i don't know um but um so if people are desperate to hear from us in that interlude uh where could they find you on the internet
0: yeah they can find me uh on twitter at at dan gavosnan or at Sub spider talk which is our Spider-Man Oriented One and all of my writing on superiorspidertalk.com. How about you, Mark?
1: Yeah, well, uh you can find me of course at Chasing blog on Twitter and 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 Dan, you know, this this thing that's been basically wrecking my life for the last 3 months and I don't I don't it's not been wrecking my life, but it's been consuming my time. It's, it's getting near to an end, so maybe uh, come early December, you might start seeing my writing again on SuperiorSpatterTalk.com. I should talk to you about that offline <laughs> instead
0: of, <laughs>
1: instead of uh, throwing it at you here. <laughs> Blow uh, the
0: dust off your keyboard and, and jump yeah, right back yeah. in. Yeah,
1: well, we, you might see some stuff showing up again, folks, so uh, be on the lookout.
0: Very exciting, very exciting. You know, Mark, I didn't want to say this, but, you know, I'm looking at you through Skype right now, and you're just not looking that great. Have you Ooh. have you been to the doctor recently? I mean, don't get me wrong. Your face, it looks just ever so green. Like, if you really look at it, you could see the slightest hint of green. I mean, not like green enough that you could pull your mask off and frighten someone with how sick you look, but just green enough that if someone pointed it out to me and I really looked at it, I might see some hints of green. Anyway, have you been to a doctor recently, Mark? That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Um, well, yeah, you know, I, I um, you know, there's this doctor I like to see. He wears like this long blue trench coat and like one of those like um, submariner helmets over his head. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's call him Dr. K. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wish his name was Dr. G because then we get like high five over having the same you know, name together <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you know i I haven't been really feeling great lately, Dan, ever since I kind of emerged from my spider cocoon, oh, um yeah, you know i i i I, I have these powers, you might not know
0: is this because you're clone mark again
1: uh, wait, oh no, who's that in l a with you, Dan <laughs> it's the other, other. With great podcast comes amazing inspire talk. That's all I got. I can't do this anymore.